Hey, 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 welcome to the Wealth and Business Podcast. I'm so, so super fired up again on this episode because we had Adrian come a couple of weeks ago, you know, to, you know, to kind of share his story and the importance of, you know, protecting your future, transferring legacy, you know, to your loved ones, you know, whilst you're gone, you know, and this is a topic that people don't like to talk about. And we spoke about basically what is financial protection because he's a specialist, you know, as a financial advisor, a financial protection specialist, sorry, not advisor, but he protects, he helps people protect their wealth. He helps people protect, you know, and transfer legacies onto generations, generations, you know, you know, that, you know, that they've left behind. So I'm just super excited to have, you know, Adrian back again, you know, after the first episode you know to, to to just interview him you know a few things that we couldn't cover on the very first one so man adrian it's good to have you back my brother man thank you for inviting me back last time you you smashed it i i guess i did something right to be, to be <laughs> <off and> back. <laughs> great, great great obviously last time we, we we talked about so many things around financial protection you know so for just example for those who really forgot what financial protection is if you don't mind let's begin with what is financial protection again? Then we go into the deeper conversation. If that makes sense. Yeah. So financial protection is basically uh, protecting yourself and protecting your assets. So, an example: if you have uh, a mortgage um, for a house, you want to protect the mortgage on that. So, if, if you were to unfortunately pass away, yeah. your family don't have to worry about paying the mortgage; it's cleared. So, I view my job as helping people, especially property people, prevent putting the port portfolio and the properties into auction. Mm. It also could be yourself. So if you have like a manual or physical job, so you're a builder, you break your arm or something, you know, your income stops. So by having income protection, you're protecting yourself, yourself as the asset, you're getting income coming in. Oh, great, 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 great. So it's all about protecting your income. What about someone who's a business analyst? So what about someone who is an IT consultant, cybersecurity, you know, can they protect their, you know, their legacy? Yeah, good question. So if we just stay on income protection, if you have an accident, you're sick or you're ill for whatever reason, as long as you have a medical certificate, once you send that to your insurance provider, then you can get a monthly tax-free income. So again, it doesn't matter what, what job you do. It's kind of like basically your own private sick pay. You know, financial protection is large from our last conversation. So let's break it down for a minute. I'm going to use myself as an example. So I've got life insurance. I've got income protection insurance. I've got travel insurance. I've got emergency. I can't remember something now. I've got critical illness. I've got vets. I've got, I've got my eye insurance. You've got more insurance than me. I've got my dental insurance. Okay. Yeah, and what else have I got now? I've got a lot of because I spent myself and my wife. We I've got family insurance as well, so that protect me, protect my wife, protect my kids, and I've got medical insurance, so I get to private see a private. Uh, yeah, I also get to see a private doctor, and they they pay all of that as well. Can I just touch on for private medical for two seconds, please? So NHS is great, but especially I think in London, it's it's at capacity. So private medical basically means you get seen quicker it's just speed and certain things you know if you go for your nhs you'll be waiting months to come back you might not see the same doctor if you can't make it you might be another three months so private medical is just basically you get seen quicker and um, there are other benefits as well but for me it's just the speed of it and a lot of the clients that i have they ask for it like i don't even bring it up They're like i want private medical 
because um, they, they see the need for it. I think they've had a situation going through the NHS where they haven't liked or they wait too long and they come for me to help them with the private medical. Yeah, 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 yeah. Honestly, it's uh, it's it's big, isn't it? So for someone like myself, I spend about, I think if I'm right, for myself and my kids, my wife, I spend around about f just under 450. I spend just under about 450 a month on all my insurance policy. Um, I also have a key man yep. insur Good. insurance for my business. Good. So just... You're just an example. Did you want to? Do you want to educate the audience on that? Because it's very important. Not a lot of people talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I've got Keyman Insurance, and Keyman Insurance means my business is so reliant on me. So God forbid if something's supposed to happen to me, what is going to cost my entire organization to employ a Daniel Moses? You know, in the business that can lead, you know, you, you know, the entire organization, and what would that cost be? So. The key man insurance is basically pays for someone that's, you know, that's got even maybe more quality, more experience than myself as a CEO to run my organization. And that pays for that person, you know, you know, should the worst, God forbid. You know, and with, that's a great example. It's not just CEOs or MDs that can have key person insurance. So, for example, if you have a tech company and you've got someone who's developing an app, like they're really important, right? It could be your best salesperson. You know, you you could be losing millions if that person isn't there, and it's replaced them. So I'm glad that you touched on that. Not a lot of people know about key person insurance. It's basically replacing someone of major importance to the to the business that if they weren't here, that the business might have a loss. Absolutely. So when it comes to insurance, there's a lot of negativity, right? So because I really want to be very brutal and honest, you know, because this is our second episode, right? The diverse community sometimes just lie. Oh, you're talking about on the application? On the application. Okay. And that's the reason why they don't get paid. Right, okay. So I'll give you an example. Once upon a time, I had a, had a phone insurance. I went to, I traveled abroad. I was on a, this was many years ago, all right? Many, many years ago, I was ignorant, right? So I had a personal phone protection, but I went on a business trip. So when I came back, I lost my phone. So when I called the insurance company, I said, I went on a business trip. I uh, can't remember where I went to, but I went on a business trip. I lost my phone. I lost my wallet. I lost, I, I lost basically what happened. The car that I was in got basically stolen, right? And I lost everything. My wallet, my bank, everything, I lost everything. So, and because of that, my flight was also delayed. So I couldn't travel. So when I came back, it cost me so much money. So when I came back, I wrote my insurance company and I said to them, uh, this has happened, but I went on a business trip. It was about four four days because I used the word business. I had a personal protection. I wouldn't say you lie. I think that's kind of unfortunate. I thought you meant when I go through the medical application with my clients, them lying about something. So for example, if I ask you the question, do you smoke? And you say no, and then anything happens, you're about to claim and they, they see that you're a smoker. That That's what I, I thought you meant. Like don't lie on the medical application, basically. Yeah. For me, that was big for me. So I was like, I was so angry. I was really, really angry. It's like, I went on a business trip. Should I have lied that I went to a personal trip? Obviously, I don't want to lie, but I didn't get paid in the end. But what did that mean to me? So what that meant for me, I have two policies now. I've got <laughs> personal insurance and I've got business insurance. So should the worst happen, right. you know, if I was on a personal trip, I'll claim on my personal insurance. If I was on a business trip, I'll claim on a business insurance, whichever one the case might be. But obviously, a lot of people will look at it and say, oh, you're wasting money. Why are you having two different I think separate protections? You, you, you've raised a good point. Number one, 
thank you for being honest about it. And number two, the amount you're paying, which some people might say, oh my God, that's so much money on insurance. It's too much. But, you know, when I've spoken to a lot of people who've been in the industry for, for decades, they say as a rule of thumb, it should be 10% of what you earn, right? So it doesn't matter if you're getting a thousand pound net a month or 10,000 a net, wherever that is, that should cover everything. It's is that the tight in the Bible? That's what <laughs> 10% I've, that, of, your, that's of what, your earnings. That's, that's what I've got told because everyone's situation and financial circumstances are different. Yeah. If you just say 10% and that does should do everything, yeah. then that that's the rule of thumb. Um, but yeah, I, I think people get so caught up on how much it costs each month and not what that's going to do for yourself or your family and how much the payout is going to be. And I'll be touched on it last episode, putting it, in trust, so you're not paying 40% inheritance tax. Mm. And like you said as well, if you go out in London, you know, it's gonna be hundreds for a night out. Like, hopefully your insurance is in that. Yeah, it's it's funny how the bills and all of those extracurriculum activities, I'll call it, quickly add up. You can go on a nice meal with a new girlfriend and you spend about 200 pounds on a meal. Yeah, you're good, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> and you go for your kid, that's good. Yeah, and, and or you can go out with the boys and you can easily turn into a thousand pounds. Yeah, it's a good point. I don't yeah. do that anymore. And yes, <laughs> honestly, I've not been in a nightclub since 2014. I actually done a video in a couple of days back and I said I've never been in a club since 2014. You're too busy but building an empire. Absolutely, because it's no days off. All right. And I'd rather invest my thousand pounds into a build up that redecorated one room. I want house for me rather than going to a club to be stupid. I've done that in the past in my 20s or even in my 30s. <laughs> so, Adrian, this is why I love the second episodes, right? Because second episodes, you're literally just generically honest and chatting. It's very informal. Yeah. So, yeah, what I'm trying to say is that a thousand pounds a year or let's just say, what, 300 pounds a year, do the maths. That's still a very decent amount to protect yourself, your phones, your items, everything around you, you know, like it's so important to, you know, if if, if the police regulates motor insurance and I say, okay, oh, if you don't have insurance, you can't drive. And the police have to implement that. Does police, you know, the police on the road, do they have to actually help you implement an insurance policy that protects you, your wife, your kids, so you can transfer that wealth? Yeah, good question. Um, at the minute, the answer is no. It's it's optional, but I don't think it's spoken about enough with, from- Education. Yeah, not even that. Mortgage brokers, I'm not here to slug mortgage brokers off. I'm not, I'm not doing that. IFAs to like explain the importance of it. So obviously that's, I'm passionate about it because I've had some things in my life where, you know, someone's passed away, like we said, episode one, and it's, it's a madness, it's awful. And even when I bought my first property, the first property I got, sorry, put an offer in. When I went in, it was a really nice flat on the water in um, Woolwich, South London. And the sun was coming in and it was, it was beautiful. Yeah. And then I went into like, let me look around like the other rooms of the bathroom and I'm pressing and everything. And then the power's cut and then everything's taped over the toilet and all this other stuff. I didn't know obviously the property being repossessed, but I didn't know anything about property back then. So I go to the stage, I'm like, up oh, with all the lights while they're not working. It's like, oh, you know, unfortunately something happened and now it's, it's gone into auction. And that has always stuck with me because number one, I loved that flat, but I felt if I got the offer accepted, I feel bad that, you know, the aura of the house, someone's, you know, put the hard money into this and for whatever reason, they're in financial difficulty and now it's to the highest bidder. So that's why I think 
for me kind of falling into this has always stuck with me like that property you know it's a lot of time energy and money and then if it's money's not managed right it's gonna go back to go to someone else really wow so in the end right it's you know what you know and what you don't know can literally wipe you yeah. <laughs> wipe you off the fit yeah. so what you don't know basically can just wipe you off the fit so how important is it for people to really get educated right now you know to protect themselves protect their families you know so they don't have to really be in a situation whereby just the basic medical insurance dental insurance optical insurance you know i've got like four of my glasses you know i know i don't really do luxury but when it comes to glasses i do spend money on my glasses yeah so like if this i remember i bought a glass for 600 pounds i bought that glass for and for some reason, I don't know what happened. I sat on it and it broke. And that was the day. I was, <laughs> and I said, no way. Okay, optical insurance now. I've got to get my glasses insured because, you know, I spent so much money for it and I don't have to spend another 600 pounds to spend another one when it's broken. Just like your health, just like your life. If it's gone, it's gone. If it's not protected, that means, see, there's a parable I love all the time. It says when an egg is broken from out the outside, you know, life ends but when it breaks from the inside life begins so which means the birth of a chick so it's the same thing as your finances you have to protect it so that all this hard work that you've had years after years after years god forbid the worst was to happen first of all you you run a massive business and no one protects your income as key man policy two the other part is um you know if something was to happen and you die and there is no you know, the debt, you know, the, the, the debt you've leveraged on, i.e., for example, the mortgage, you know, the bank comes repossessing, you know, and the equity gets taken by the bank. Plus, they're going to obviously sell it wherever they like and just take their money out. And thirdly, you know, if you was to be so ill, you're looking for money to pay your, your mortgage, your rent, and because you haven't got your income protection insurance. I mean, we can go on different lists, on and on and on and on and on. So let's break this down a little bit. I haven't just said what I said. Why is it so important for whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're a business person, whether you are a property investor, or whether you're even a, a professional, why is it so important to seek the advice of a financial a, you know, specialist just like yourself? Yeah. Or rather go into the uh, you know, you know, mar marketplace, as we said on episode number one. Yeah, good question. Number one, I'm specialized in it, so I've got experience in it. I'm whole of market. So I'm not tied to any one insurance provider. Yep. It depends on what's best for you. Two, I know other things like such as putting it in trust and helping you yep. do the legacy planning. That's important and it needs to be done correctly. Three, your medical questions, depending on how you answer it, is really important if you're going to get insurance or not. Some websites or some sites aren't as thorough. And then again, the family planning bit, like I'm going to help you like have the confidence to speak to your family about certain things and then make sure the life insurance is in trust. If you need a will, if you need any trust for the, the properties as well, which is kind of a, it goes hand in hand with life insurance. People get confused when I say life insurance. Oh, I want, I want to put my property in a trust and they get, they get confused. They're two, two separate things. Yeah. So life insurance obviously can protect big debts, big debts such as a mortgage. But again, the misconception is you don't need to have a property or a house to have life insurance. Anyone can get life insurance. You could be 18 and say, I want a million pounds of life insurance. And you can do that if you wanted to. 
So if something bad was really to happen, so does the life insurance pay for your car loans? Does it pay for any finance that you literally have? Good question. It's up to the beneficiaries, right? So if, for example, if someone passed away, their partner and their kids, the money goes to them, and then they have the money to do what they want with. Now, the reason why life insurance is normally tied to the mortgage, because normally that's a huge debt and the, the people left behind might not be able to service that, especially with buy-to-let property investors where the tenants are paying the interest. You've still got that balloon payment in 25, 30 years. So you've got to make sure, can the people you're leaving behind pay that? Or again, they might have to sell the property. And that's obviously not what you want. Properties, you know, are supposed to stay with the family for generations. So I'm not a bearer of bad news, but let's talk about the bad news. What happens if a property investor or someone isn't financially protected? What's going to happen? Well, like when you get your monthly mortgage statements, it, it says at the bottom in capitals, if you do not keep up with the repayments, your property can and will be repossessed. And if you can't make the payments, they're going to take the asset, the property off you, and they're going to stick it in auction. And then, you know, if you've got, you know, especially with kids, if they're going to certain schools and catchment areas and things like that, um, and they're not living there anymore because you weren't, protected. And again, it, it, my job is just to basically bring awareness. I don't like to scare people, but... But we have to be real though. Yeah. It's, yeah. Scary. it's scary, but if it's done, it isn't scary, is it? True. But it's again, getting people to to think and and, and them to want to think about it, then I'll put it off, I'll put it off, I'll do it later. But, you know, if you keep putting off, the more older you are, the more expensive life insurance gets. So for example, an 18-year-old getting life insurance, if they've got good clean health, and a seven-year-old who's got good clean health, it's going to be way more expensive for a 7 year old to do it than an 18 year old. So it's like a diagonal, like the older you are, the more expensive and two, the younger you are, the more insurance you can get. So 18 to 29, you can get 35 times your salary, right? Within reason, which is a lot of money. But because the payments are so low, because you're 18, you're again, future proof and planning for it. It's just people again, aren't aware of that and to do it. But like we said on the episode before, you, you know, we see, people paying for funerals for GoFundMe and all these other stuff. People have got to chip in. It's like, if you had life insurance, people wouldn't have to do that. You've got a plan and you can say, look, I want you to pay off the mortgage. I want the kids to do X, Y, Z. If you want to use that money to buy more investment properties, like it's up to you. So again, what I'm passionate, what I like about my job is it's not just necessarily talking about the financial protection, but getting people thinking and planning and getting their kids involved. Then, you know, do you trust your family members with your kids if you want to, or do you want an aunt, someone else to look after them? So getting guardians to look after the children as well. And if you are having a guardian in your will, you should really be giving that person some life insurance to help with the money to raise your children because no one thinks about that. So the example I gave last time was if you've got two children and then you know you pass away and you're giving it to someone else who already has two children, especially in London, imagine trying to raise four children all in the age of seven. That's chaotic. Yeah, and no one's giving you any money. So you're laughing, but it happens every day. It's just that no one will talk about it, right? And that's that's not great for all parties involved. So again, if you plan it, especially with the Guardian, like, look, if, if, if the worst was to happen, I want the kids to do X, Y, Z. And then obviously this is, this is the money that's going to help them for their future. You know, everyone should have that conversation. And obviously we hope it never happens, but you never know. So with your point about perception, People are happy paying X amount on car insurance and, you know, that doesn't benefit you. Yeah. Home insurance, 
are your valuables even worth what you think they are? Does that really benefit people in the long run? Probably not. But if you've got a tax-free lump sum that you're like, look, I want you to buy this property or I want you to use this money to invest in, in this business or invest in this asset or whatever, it's going to help in the long run. Yeah. So you basically talk about the long run, you talk about the processes. Now, what is an average cost of a simple life insurance for a non business person, a non-entrepreneur, a non-property investor, what is the average cost of the average, you know, person who is, you know, I, for example, Kevin, Kevin is my business partner. He doesn't have a wife, he doesn't have kids, but he's fully aware of the importance of financial protection. So if he wants to protect himself, you know, should God forbid what's supposed to happen, what's going to be the cost of Kevin? Good question. So, I get this question the most. There is no average cost because it depends on your your health. So your height, your weight, your BMI. Do you smoke? Do you not smoke? Do you drink? How many units of alcohol do you drink? For your job, is it a dangerous job? So for example, if you work on an oil rig, that's quite dangerous. Are you a firefighter? That can all have different implications on how much your insurance is going to cost. So it's not a cop-out. Until I do the medical questions with you, and depending on what, what you earn, I'm not going to know. There is no, at this age, it's going to cost you X amount. Because again, you could have someone who's 55, who's healthy, and you could have an 18-year-old with a heart condition, right? The 18-year-old, that insurance might be more expensive and two, they might not even get covered. Because if you're high risk and you're not healthy, the insurance providers don't want the risk, so they're not going to insure you. So with insurance, with people always putting it off, even if you are of good fit health, if anything happens to you medically, which I've had with, with some clients when they come back after a couple of months, you might not get insured. And then that's it. There's no there's no coming back from that. If you've got really bad medical condition, no one's going to insure you. So then you, you're just basically stuck. But that's why I always say the younger you are, the healthier you are, the cheaper it's going to be in the long run. It's always going to get more expensive the older you are. Wow, great answer to that question. So I'm going to ask you very like three good questions, uh, you know, just to kind of get to, you know, towards the end of this episode. So you spoke about, oh, I'm going to sit down with you. I'm going to ask you the question. Is that the underwritten process? That's one. So if there is that, if that's the underwritten process, what is underwritten, right? That's one. Two, uh, the next question I want to ask you is, what if someone has already got an insurance policy and they don't know the level of cover or how can you actually help them to see what they've got if they've got the right policy? That's two. And finally, number three, what is the review process between the underwriting and, for example, for those who already got a policy, how can you help them look at it just to make sure, you know, because a lot of people get caught calling every now and then someone trying to sell you an insurance policy and most people buy it, right? That so happens. What is, the, what, what is that process of you trying to help them look at what they have? Now, tailor it to what? actually they need not what they want you know what not what they want because obviously wants and need are two separate things so the first question with the underwriting normally it's indicative right so i might do your medical questionnaire put it through depending on the provider they're going to have their own underwriters as well looking at it mm -hmm. so it can be a process where people think um they put it off so for example i've got a client and we did the medicals in october and she needed a GP and the GP hasn't signed the insurance form yet and we're still waiting for it mm. for like five, six months later down the line. So underwriting, depending on what you have, might take some time. Um, question two, but if someone's already got a policy? Yeah, so I will look at the policy to match what they need, right? 
So I've had clients where they've got one property, they bought three more, but they've still got insurance for the old property. That all that portfolio, that's all financially, that's all financial risk. It needs to be updated. So with point three, the annual review, I will just check in to see if any life things happened. Have you had another kid? Have you had a pay rise? Have you got a new business? Have you bought more property? Because insurance changes as you change. So you, for example, your insurance in three years' time is going to be like 100 million, 300 million, because you're you're going, you're doing this. Like your insurance now might not match the needs then. It's not a negative thing because you're always doing as it the insurance as of now, right? And we try and plan it. But if something was significant to change, then yeah, we probably change it a little bit. You might get more. You might you might tweak it. You might you might want less. But I always advise my clients always speak to your financial advisor, financial protection advisor. Don't just cancel it. Because sometimes there's situations, if you just speak to the providers, yeah. you can sort things out. And also if you cancel it and say, I'll get it later. If anything happens to you in that, it's like basically having car insurance, right? That one time where you forget to renew it and you go out, you get pulled over or whatever, you're going to be in trouble. That one time that you don't do it. So I always say that if you are going to change insurance providers, make sure the new provider is live before you cancel the old one. Don't cancel the old one before you get the new one because you might not get covered. Like so let's say get stuck in underwriting. Yeah, yeah, make sure the new provider is live before you cancel the other one. Don't just cancel it. Great, great, great. So that means should there be, you know, if something was to happen, the old one would still obviously protect you to some sort of level. So now talk me through what is the process of, you know, your consultation or what is the process of you trying to help someone get covered? So with my consultation call, I will explain all the products. It's not to tell you all of them. It's just so you know, right? Because it might be a case of maybe three, six months down the line. Oh, okay, I'll get something a little bit later. So I'll inform you about all the products. I'll then sit with you to see what your plans are for the future with, the, with regards to your family, yourself, and your, and your business. We'll then get the product which is best for you, which will fit your budget as well and your strategy. We'll go through the medical questions. I'll tell you about trust as well ahead of time so you understand what it means. And then you can think, okay, I want my brother and sister to be a trustee. Okay, I want my kids to be the beneficiaries. I actually want my niece and nephew and the bene to, to benefit from the life insurance policy as well. Um, then I'll submit your application to whatever provider it is, and then then I'll go live. And then we'll, we won't necessarily review the insurance every year. It's more me checking in because it's trying to gauge of, we want to protect you now and for as long as possible. But like I said before, things change. I might speak to you the year after and you've got another kid yeah. and that changes everything. So I'll always be in contact to make sure that it's still fit for purpose because you've got a lot of clients where they think they've done the right thing and they've taken the policy out, which they've done, but it's it's changed. And like 99% of my clients that have cover ready, it doesn't match what they're doing now. Like what, like you said, your example of what you were doing 10 years ago, you're not doing that now, no. right? Then the same thing with insurance. Insurance 10 years from now, again, the plan is to make sure we never change it. Yeah. I check in, everything's cool, da, 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 fine, I'll do that every year. But if something major happens in your life, okay, we need to review it. It could might it might be the case that we reduce it. So like it completely depends. For example, let's say you won the lottery and you paid all your mortgages off. Okay, fine. We don't need it. But I need to check in to see to see what you need really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, wow, wow. So it's been such an amazing, amazing, amazing episode number two. So just before we go, right, what are you on this mission and you know, of you even coming to this podcast? to be interviewed. Obviously, you're so busy, right? You came on episode number one, you're here in episode number two. There must be something that is just beyond you just 
giving people financial protection advice. There must be something that is from within. What is that? What is that passion? Why? Why are you educating people right now? Yeah, I think to spread awareness. So when I gave the example of me potentially buying that property and it went into auction like that, that's going to stay with me forever. Um, and then also too, from having my own life experience of people passing away and there's infighting or we can't cover this and cover that. I'm not saying I've, I've had that personally, but I've been around it. It's not nice and we can prevent these things. Um, and it's just, again, it's just, it's bringing awareness to people, especially people with children, because it's really, really important. If, you know, losing any parent is difficult. Um, and if you, and if that parent isn't here, you want to make sure your, your, your children have as much financial protection as possible. And again, you've planned it. Like who is going to be the guardian, who they're going to stay with, and obviously making sure that that person that's looking after your children, like they should have money. So the example we said last time, if you've got two children, and then you're giving those two children to someone else. In London, imagine having four kids under seven. That's going to be hard, not even financially, but it's just going to be difficult. You need to help that person. That's basically raising your children when you're not here. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, a lot of people, there is a misconception of insurance, but my job is to bring awareness. Um, I'm very fortunate for International Women's Day this week. I've partnered with Vitality just to shoot some social media videos about what people think and perceptions, for example. Um, Insurance is normally the men, the man pays for it. Yeah. But what happens if you separate? If he's paying the policy, you're you're not covered. He's cancelled it. Like you're financially exposed. So it's getting everyone. Doesn't matter what your your gender or your role, how much you earn. Even if you don't earn, you need to have it. Even if you're a house person, we can still give you coverage if you're a house person as well because you're still doing a big role in the family. It might not be financially, but you're helping with the household and things like that. You you still deserve to have um, financial protection. Wow, wow, wow. Great, Adrian. Thank you so much for coming on to this second episode of this Wealth and Business podcast. Now, just before we go, obviously, you're a financial specialist in terms of financial protection. Now, how does your consultation process work and how do you help people get financially covered? Yeah, so my consultation calls, I have a Calendly link where people can just put the details in, first name, email, phone number, and then we'll do a video consultation because it's kind of better that way. So sometimes it might be a bit of a morbid situation. And normally when I do my video calls, I always encourage have your partner with you and have, or if you've got kids as well of a certain age, have them so everyone's in, in the same call together. The call doesn't really take long. It can be like half an hour, an hour. But the call is mainly to, number one, make sure you understand what financial protection is. Two, think about what you want because it's tailored to you. Everyone's insurance is completely different. And three, doing the medical questions to make sure you're fully medically underwritten that is correct. And then four, help you through the whole application process where we're, when it goes to underwriting with the provider. Fantastic, fantastic. Thank you so much, Adrian, for coming to episode number two on your series. To be honest, I don't even know what number this episode is going to be <laughs> because we have so many episodes coming out every now and then. So, you know, Adrian, thank you so much for coming, man. I really appreciate it. So obviously, most of you, you know, who are within the Property Wealth community will know who Adrian is because he's actively educating those of you who, who are in the community. Or for those of you as well who are within the Property Wealth Business Networking events, you've also probably might have met Adrian. For again, for the entire society at large, whether you're listening from Nigeria, whether you're listening from 
from the US, whether you listen from the UK, this can be replicated across any part of the globe. So it all depends on the nation where Adrian covers. So if, if you don't mind me asking, are you just currently focusing on the UK market? Do you cover people in America? Do you cover people in the US? Or as a US, Nigeria, and all these other places, or is it just UK? Good question. It's just... UK at the minute because we're governed by the Financial Conduct Authority. Okay. But if there was a way for me to do it international, that'd be absolutely amazing if I if I could do that. Any plans to, to expand? Looking at taking over the home first for now? A home for now, but, you know, in America, earn your leisure if they want me to help spread the word about financial protection. Prince Donald, who's on Instagram, is doing an amazing job about raising life insurance and tax, uh, especially for black people in America, he's got a massive social media following. So if there's any way where if I need to do a live or collaborate with them or, or anyone from anywhere all over the world, to be honest, it's good. Like we said, it's, it's awareness. And once people are aware, they're going to make better decisions. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Adrian, for coming on to the second episode of your series <laughs> yeah, of the Wealth and Business Podcast. So, guys, you've heard it from the man himself, the financial protection specialist, you know, and it's been a massive, massive, massive knowledge being shared. We went through episode number one. We talked about his journey, you know, his experience, what actually qualifies him to even talk about financial protection and went in depth into that. And we obviously talked about his journey and his transition into becoming a property investor and then becoming a financial protection specialist. So guys, you've heard, if you want to reach out to Adrian, you know what the, you know what his handles are. If just as the first time you're listening to him for the very first time, what is your social media handle again, just in case, you know, people listen to episode number one and they listen to episode number two. What is the uh, social media handle? Okay, so Instagram is Adrian B Finance. Facebook, Adrian B Finance, LinkedIn, Adrian Benjamin CMAP, and then Clubhouse Property and Finance. I do a room every Wednesday at 7 p.m. with a different specialist in finance. So we've had a uh, property accountant on there. We've had a wills and trust specialist. We've had a mortgage broker. We've had someone that specialised in bridging. And then also Daniel has confirmed that he will be on the Clubhouse room at some point, which will be great. So Daniel can talk about, you know, how he trains people up and makes some property millionaires, basically. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know what? You said that I have just, you know, we launched Property Wealth Education in February 2020. And just last year, we have our first, under my mentorship, under my guidance and training, we have our very first property millionaire created through the education, through the information that we're currently sharing. And yeah, you said making millionaires. So I'll just say, yes, indeed, we have made and created one of our first very own property millionaires. So within the within the structure now, I'm not the only person that has transitioned from being an ordinary person to transition to become an extraordinary person. So my students are transitioning and making that success for themselves too. So Adrian, thank you so much for coming. So for those of you guys who are just listening to this, depending on the time you listen to it, um, we have, you know, just been awarded, I actually have just been awarded uh, uh, in, a, in a, the, the Covenant Christian University in America uh, with a doctorate award. I'm so super excited for this, uh, which I will be collecting this award around the end of March 
2022. And I'm so super excited as well that we would be, obviously, as I've mentioned in other multiple episodes, uh, talking about our Business and Wealth Summit coming up in November 2022. And also our Property, Wealth and Business you know, uh, Awards, where we're going to be recognizing even people like Adrian, you know, impacting the industry and also other property investors. You know, people are massively doing creative things and massive things within the business, you know, uh, and, you know, a community recognizing their hard work. It just feels absolutely great to be awarded. Trust me, like ladies and gents, it is absolutely amazing for other people to recognize your work. I know how this feels because once upon a time, it started like a joke. It started with a little bit of a work ethic and now it's a habit. A habit to do more, a habit to be more, a habit to inspire ordinary people to making that simple transition to becoming extraordinary. So if you found this useful, ladies and gents, make sure you share this with your auntie, your uncles, your friends, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your husband. Share with everyone, guys. Listen, information right now can transform your entire life. Remember, you know what you know, you know what you know, and what you don't know could be stopping you. So if you find this useful, make sure to share this so that other people can learn what they don't know. So thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode. Daniel Moses here. Thank you so much. 